friend, welcome to Brilliant Business Moms, a podcast all about helping brilliant women just like you to build a business on the side while spending time with their families. I'm your host, Beth Ann Schwamberger, and we're going to have a great time together. Let's get started. Hey friend, I hope you're having a fabulous day. So in this episode, I'm going to be talking all about how to design and manufacture a physical product. So this is going to be a solo episode with just me, Beth Ann. And the reason I'm doing this solo episode is because I have gotten so many questions from other brilliant business ladies out there wanting to know how did I design my planner? How did I create it? How did I find a factory to work with? How do you import a product from overseas? How does all of this stuff work? How does one scrappy business mama come up with an idea for a product and and make it happen? And that is a great question. And so I'm going to do my best in this episode to walk you through the process that I took step by step and share some tips and some pointers and some things that you need to keep in mind along the way, regardless of what kind of product you're creating. Now, of course, my experience with designing and manufacturing a physical product has to do with planners. So it started as the Brilliant Business Planner, and that was launched in June of 2015, and it kind of morphed into the Brilliant Life Planner, which launched via Kickstarter in August of 2016. So I'm going to take you through that whole process, but a lot of what I learned and what I went through to design and manufacture this product, it's going to apply to you no matter what kind of product you're wanting to create and put out there. Although I will say there are tons of you out there who have ideas for fabulous planners that serve very specific audiences or journals or things of that nature. So I I do tend to get a lot of requests in my inbox from people who want to know specifically about that. But I just want to encourage you that if you have a fabulous idea for a product that you know is going to improve people's lives. You know it's better than what what's out there currently. You know, you know that you can fill a void in the marketplace. Go for it, okay? (laughs) Just go for it. Yes, there are a lot of steps and unknowns and you'll learn a lot along the way, but you'll be so glad that you did when you're sitting on the other side. You've got this fabulous product that helps people that you get to put into their hands. It's just, it's really an incredible feeling. So anyways, just my little pep talk as we get started. Okay, so again, I'm gonna be sharing kind of my journey as well as like kind of the big takeaways and the things you need to remember along every step of this design and manufacturing process, okay? So the Brilliant Business Planner started as an idea that my sister and I had, and it was as we were writing our book, Time Management Mama, and we wanted a planner that would allow us to plan out our business and our lives all in one place. So it started with literally lined and blank paper, and we would just sketch out what we were looking for. So it'd be like, okay, we really want a page that would have, you know, work and personal life, and then like, 
an area to write top three priorities for each of those areas for the week, and then lots of extra lines to write kind of a whole to-do list for that week. And then, you know, we knew from there, okay, we want the weekly layout to be time blocking. We don't want just those horizontal blank spaces that never really worked for us, even though that's how most weekly planners are structured. And so again, we would just sketch it out. And I really need to go back and pull up these old sketches. Uh, But what you should know is that uh, neither of us is really artistic. Neither of us are good at drawing or sketching or any of that. And so these sketches were super, super rough. We just knew what we wanted the end result to look like, but we also knew we were going to need some help to get there. So for us from there, we found a designer who could help us take these sketches and turn them into a digital file because any printer that you work with, they're going to need a digital file from you. And, you know, those of you who are trying to produce a totally different physical product, you're eventually going to need a CAD file as well. So CAD is like computer-aided design. So again, whether you're doing a paper product or some other type of physical product, eventually you need somebody who's an expert at translating your ideas and turning them into a digital format that the factory can then go use to produce your your product in mass quantities, okay? So uh, for us, now we did get lucky. It was easy for us to find a designer because we had this community of brilliant businesswomen. And as soon as we mentioned that we were working on a planner, one of the ladies in our community reached out and said, hey, I create planning printables all the time. I'm well-versed with using Illustrator to create printables. And so I'd love to work with you on this project. And so we just paid her like an hourly rate and it was just a ton of back and forth of she would take our very, very rough sketches, as I mentioned, and turn them into these beautiful tables that were all organized and made sense. And she'd often give us, you know, several ideas. She'd be like, okay, what about this or that? And we'd come back and say, nope, this is this is the one we want. This is the direction we want to go in. And so along with that, when you find your designer, one of the best things that you can do is be really, really prompt in giving them feedback because um, the design and development pro- process for your product, it takes a lot of time. It's going to be way more back and forth than you ever imagined, I promise you. And so if you want to keep your project moving forward at a decent pace, you need to be writing back to that person within 24 hours every single time because otherwise you're going to be that kink in the system and you're going to slow everything up and a year's going to go by and you're going to be really frustrated because you won't have your product yet because you've been sitting on the feedback. And I have to say too that, you know, uh, we've since worked with a few other designers for things and they really appreciate it when you can give them prompt feedback because, you know, they're in creation mode. They're ready to go. They're excited about this project. You don't want them to have to sit on it for a week. And now all of a sudden they're working with five other clients on other projects and it's a little bit hard for them to jump back into yours. So a few reasons why, again, you want to give really, really prompt feedback. You need to also give really, really detailed feedback. So 
you should never ever assume that (laughs) this designer can read your mind. You need to spell everything out when it comes to the spacing of a particular word, a particular line, font choices, everything. You have to spell everything out. And one little tip along with that that I found really helpful is when I feel like it's going to be hard for me to explain something via email to a designer or someone that's working on my team, what I will do is do a video recording of my screen. Uh, now, I use Light Cam HD to do that. It's L-I-T-E-C-A-M-H-D, and it's free. Um, I use Camtasia for like my fancier course videos, but Light Cam HD is honestly, it's faster and easier um, in terms of just giving quick feedback to somebody. So there's also Screencast-O-Matic, which is another good one, and they've got a free version as well. And so what I'll do is I'll pull up those exact files that the designer gave back to me and record my screen and record me talking through them. So they can see my mouse going, hey, this line right here, it needs to look this way instead. Or, you know, over here, this is too thick. Or this color isn't what I was looking for. Every single little thing. And for my designers and my team, getting that real-time feedback where I'm demonstrating exactly what I want from them on video, that's really, really helpful. So keep that in mind if you find that like you're emailing them and you're going, how do I even explain this in words, right? (laughs) So you can save everybody some time by just doing a screencast of you with the the product or, and again, if it's a CAD file for a physical product, same idea. Open up the file and tell them here are the tweaks and changes that you need to make to this file. Now, if you are not as fortunate as I am in terms of having a designer who literally just reaches out to you and says, I can help you with this and please hire me, (laughs) you can always go to a site like upwork.com and you can submit your job there. You can say, hey, this is the project that I'm working on and this is what I need help with and you know, here's the hourly rate I'm willing to pay. That's another thing I have to say. I am not a fan of paying by the project. I know a lot of graphic designers and designers in general have project fees where they'll say, okay, for this, for me to design this product for you, it's $1,500 or whatever, and you give them a deposit up front. I do not like that at all. And here's why. First of all, I want to start building my working relationship with the designer and having them start with just a few hours of work before I commit to anyone. I mean, yes, design portfolios are great to get a sense for what someone can do, but at the end of the day, I really don't know how well our working relationship is going to is going to go until I actually hire them and give them a few hours of work. So, you know, I'm looking again for things like how responsive are they? How fast do they make the changes I recommend and get back to me? How, how easily are they understanding the changes that I want and the feedback that I want? Which, you know, of course, if there's a language barrier, that can be really, really big. And you may find that even someone who's super skilled with a certain design program, they're just not getting your vision. They're not understanding what you need from them. And so you need to cut ties <laughs> before you spend over a thousand dollars with that one designer. So again, I mean, that's my recommendation. And of course, you're going to have designers who will balk at this. But what I found is that by hiring other brilliant business 
women, brilliant business moms, they are more than willing to work with me on an hourly basis. And the other thing too is then it allows me to ensure that I'm paying them a fair amount. Because again, I don't want to pay $1,500 if it only took somebody five hours to do the work for me. But I also don't want to pay $1,500 if it took somebody, I don't know, a couple hundred hours and really I should have paid them more, right? So to me, the hourly rate makes sense and I just have my designers in invoice me on a weekly basis and I pay those invoices promptly. And again, like I said, then it allows me to break ties really easily if it's not working out. So I recommend you start any designer that you want to potentially work with, just give them a job that might take an hour or two and see how that went and, and go from there. Now, in terms of hunting for your designer, ideally you will want somebody who is well-versed with Adobe Illustrator, as well as Adobe InDesign. Now, I will be honest with you. So I have a friend who is a graphic designer, and she's the person that I worked with to create the gorgeous florals that you'll see on the cover of the Brilliant Life Planner. You'll see them throughout all the pages. She is awesome at Illustrator, but InDesign is not her strength. So I've hired somebody else to essentially just do the more boring, practical stuff. <laughs> side of things and just format the entire planner file in InDesign so that it's ready for the factory. It's ready for printing. So, but again, ideally you can find somebody who's awesome at Illustrator and awesome at InDesign because you will need uh, both skill sets to produce any sort of planner or notebook. And again, if you're producing a different kind of physical product, you need someone with CAD experience. And I'll be honest with you, like I am not as well versed in that whole world, but again, you'd want to get samples from that person. What kinds of CAD files have they created in the past? You know, some CAD designers work mostly on buildings or they work on HVAC systems or like there's so many different niches of a CAD designer. So you want to make sure that you find one who has helped create design files for products that are really similar to what you're wanting to create. Now, my my last tip in terms of developing the first iteration of your product is that you need to look really carefully at the market. So you need to know what's out there already when it comes to similar products, and you need to know how your product sets itself apart. So I, I firmly believe in really studying and becoming an expert in your product space. So for example, with me, I purchased probably 20 different planners, some of them business-related planners, some of them personal planners, just as many different types of planners as I could find that had a different cover structure, different inside layouts, all of those things because I wanted to be an expert in the planner marketplace so that I could both see, you know, what are the issues with these other planners? What are like the problems and the things they're not addressing? And then also, what are the things that these planners are doing really well that I want to make sure, you know, I don't miss something like that? I'm trying to think of an example there. I didn't really... I guess in terms of what other planners were doing well, I knew after the first iteration of the Brilliant Business Planner that I wanted to do a hard cover. So that was something that these other planners were doing well because it made their planners more durable and 
that was a good thing. So, but in terms of like the inside pages and things, I mean, yeah, a planner is a planner, but there's also, there really is a lot that you can change and customize. And so that's exactly what Sarah and I did with our very first planner. And still to this day, the Brilliant Life Planner, it has pages inside that are not like anything else. And that just came from us really carefully considering what do we need in our personal lives that other products weren't serving. So again, study your marketplace because you certainly don't want to go to all of this time and effort and work and discover that actually you're creating a product that's exactly like (laughs) what other people are doing. You want to be able to fill a void in some way. But with that, the void doesn't have to be enormous. I mean, of course, there are hundreds of other planners out there, but yet people still really love the Brilliant Life Planner. It's exactly what they're looking for. So just wanted you to keep that in mind. But all that to say, I see a lot of small business owners with the mentality of, I don't even want to look at what else is out there because like this is just all going to come from my brain and it's going to be totally unique. And while yes, that's true, I feel like you're totally going to miss things by not knowing what's out there. So again, I do believe that it is your job, whether you're in the shoe business or the jewelry business or the planner business, it is your job to be an expert in that space and to know what's out there and to know exactly what void you fill. Because knowing what void you fill, again, it steers the entire development of your product, but it also is going to help you down the road when you market your product. Because you need to be able to tell people, if someone comes to you and says, hey, there are a hundred other necklaces just like yours, what makes yours unique? Well, you need to have an answer to that. (laughs) So again, I just, I want to encourage you to take that extra step and that extra time to be an expert in your niche. Now, once you've worked with designers to come up with the digital file that you'll need for your product, next up is manufacturing. You need someone who's going to help you produce this product. And I have a few thoughts on that. So When it comes to getting your product produced at the most affordable price, chances are you'll go overseas for that. So the Brilliant Life Planner is currently manufactured by a factory in China. But the problem with using a factory and in particular an overseas factory, is that they often have pretty high minimum quantities that they want you to order before they're willing to take an order from you. And so you really have two uh, options there. One, you can produce the minimum viable product, which you know may not have everything that was on your dream sheet. You may go into that minimum viable product knowing that there are five or 10 improvements you'd like to make to that product over the next couple of years. So that's one option. And then the second option is that you can take pre-sales on your product. So once you get one prototype or one product sample made where you can get some photos of it and people can get their hands on on the sample, you can show people, hey, here's what you're going to get. And, you know, I'm taking pre-sales now. I expect it to be produced and delivered on X date. So, and actually, I've done both methods <laughs> with producing a product. So the Brilliant Business Planner was first produced by a printer in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. So my sister, Sarah, lives in the suburbs of Pittsburgh. And so 
we just found a printer that was really close to her and we came to them and said, you know, here's our idea. What kinds of options do we have? And so they were not able to do a hardcover planner, but they were able to do kind of like a a thicker paperback cover and a spiral bound type of planner. And so we gave them our design file, and then they produced a sample for us. We were able to look that over and say, you know, this is what we want, or no, we want a few changes. I believe what we ended up doing with that first sample, we had a white cover on it, and then had our, you know, brilliant business planner wording, and we realized pretty quickly, white is not going to work. It's going to get scuffed up and scratched up and marked up way too quickly. So we went back with our designer, changed the, the cover to like a lovely light shade of blue-green and went back and got another sample and then realized, yep, this is great. This is looking really good. And they were able to accept minimum order quantity from us of just 100 units. So generally, a factory will require you to order at least 1,000 units of your product. So big difference there. So again, it allowed us to produce this minimum viable product. Let's see, cost us several thousand dollars still to, you know, we worked with the designer and then working with the printer. And keep in mind the cost per unit is much higher when you're doing those smaller quantities and it's much higher generally if you're using someone in the United States to produce your product. So, you know, now going overseas, even with having my entire dream sheet of, you know, I want a gift box and a custom shipping box and I want hardcover and I want metal reinforced corners and full color on every page and cardboard, you know, thick monthly dividers, all of that stuff, my cost per unit is about half of what it was for the minimum viable product produced in the US. So again, keep that in mind, but I personally do not think that anybody should just come up with a product idea and then plunk down thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars because I'll be honest, like if 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 we were going to go overseas for that first round, and order a thousand units, it would have been by the time you add in customs, shipping, um, import, export stuff. I mean, it would have been at least $10,000 to get those a thousand units, probably more. And to me, that's not a wise business move. You want to validate that people really want your product before you start plunking down all of that money. I mean, even looking back, you know, spending a couple thousand on the Brilliant Business Planner, I think, you know, maybe we should have done pre-sales on that one too. (laughs) But we didn't. We felt like, you know what, we've got this money in the bank. We could spend, you know, $2,000 or $2,500 and get this done and see what the response is. And so then we, you know, brought that one to market and we're able to sell it. Um, I'll be honest though, sales were really not that great (laughs) the first time we launched it, but we, we knew that the women who did purchase the first Brilliant Business Planner, they really loved it and were using it every day. And we really loved it and we're using it every day. And so we kind of chalked up the slow sales to it being not the right season because we launched that first planner in June with like a small six month version. That's another kind of part of that minimum viable product that we created. And so we said, 
said, you know what, let's give this one more try. Let's let's launch it again in November, getting ready for true planner season for everybody who, you know, wants a brand new personal planner in January and let's see what we can do. And then at that point, we were able to sell close to 300 units. And so that felt really great to us, <laughs> to be honest. And so we were, we felt like, yes, that, that was the right call. Timing was a big issue and we do have a good product that people want. Now from there, and this is something you need to keep in mind every time you put out a product. If you start with a minimum viable product and you know you're going to improve it over time, or even if you think your product is perfect right out of the gate, you need to keep in mind that probably it's not perfect and your customers are going to have some feedback for you. So you want to put out a customer survey. You want to find out from people what do they love about your product, what needs in proving if they could change it in any possible way, what would they want to do? And so one of the bits of feedback that we got was a lot of people love the planner. They loved how beautiful it was. They loved the gorgeous florals that we'd used, which again, those were totally unique that my friend and I had just created on our own. But they didn't have a business, so they didn't need all the business sheets. They just wanted the time blocking pages, project planning pages, notes pages, all of that. They didn't need sheets on social media and a blogging schedule and creating a product. And so I took that feedback to heart and realized that, you know, I could serve a lot more women if I made the planner more inclusive. And if I made it for really any woman who wants to live intentionally, who has goals that she's setting that she wants to achieve, but she doesn't need to have an online business to make the planner work. And so that's really how the Brilliant Life Planner started. Around the time that I was developing the Brilliant Life Planner, so Sarah stepped away from Brilliant Business Mom. So then it was kind of just on my shoulders in terms of sketching out the new planner's design and, and all of that. But again, it was way easier because I already had a base of design files to work with. And so it was just a matter of tweaking and improving and removing some business-specific sheets. So from there... I also knew that I really, really wanted a smaller, a smaller planner and a hardcover planner. And I knew that our local printer was not able to accommodate that. So I started looking for factories. And this is a question I get all the time, which I'm going to be honest, like this kind of cracks me up because it's really not that hard <laughs> to find the answer to this. But people ask me like, how did you find your factory that you're using to produce your planners? How did you do this? You guys, Google and Alibaba, okay? <laughs> like really, I promise you it is that easy. And I wanna just tell you, I just wanna share a quote that I love that applies to this whole process so, 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 so much, which is, this is from Marie Forleo. This is her quote. Everything is figure outable, okay? And it is so, so, so true. I feel like there are a lot of business owners out there or people who are wanting to start a business, but they're feeling scared and they want all the answers before they're ready to get started. And you guys, like, I'm just going to be honest with you. You're never going to have all the answers. You're never going to have everything figured out. And as I go through the rest of this process and tell you how customs and all of that worked out, you're going to realize that the same was true for me. I literally had this amazing product that was on a boat 
you know, 1600 planners on a boat ready to come to me and I didn't know how to get them to clear customs. Okay. (laughs) But I figured it out. So that's number one is we live in an age where literally everything is figure outable and you can do this and you can find the answers you're looking for. So I, I really want to encourage you that you should not wait until someone comes along who's going to hold your hand because newsflash, like, I really don't think that person exists. I mean, yeah, you can come to people like me and I'm going to help you and give you tips and pointers and you can find business mentors. But at the end of the day, nobody has all the answers. And a lot of it is just figuring things out as you go. Okay. So literally what I did when I I knew I wanted to use a factory, get the cost per unit down, get the planner looking the way I wanted it to look is I went to alibaba.com. A-L-I-B-A-B-A.com. And on Alibaba, you can find factories from all over the world who will show you, hey, here are the products that we produce. And so I went to Alibaba.com. I typed in planner. I typed in, you know, kind of different iterations of weekly planner or hardcover planner, things like that. And Ultimately, I found a factory where I was able to see that the structure of their planner was very similar to what I wanted. They're producing a wire-bound hardcover planner. And so I was like, yeah, I bet they can produce mine too. And they'll just take my unique ideas and design files and cover designs and make it a planner that is just for me. So I found the factory and I reached out to them via email. I mean, again, you can message right on Alibaba and you can also find the factory's email address and said, hey, here's what I'm looking to produce. Can you help me with this? What would be your minimum order quantity? What What's your estimate on the cost per unit based on these specs that I'm giving you? And we really just went from there. And the factory was able to pretty quickly send me back photos of other products that they had produced. And again, they had featured some of those on Alibaba as well, but that gave me the confidence that, okay, yeah, they can do this. You know, they've produced these other really great products. And so I had some more confidence in them. Now, when it comes to working with a factory, what you need to keep in mind is that you never, ever, 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 want to just plunk down a bunch of cash, order a thousand units and be like, awesome, let's just, you know, ship them on a boat to me. Sounds great. You always want to order a sample first. You need to have the proof in your hands that this factory can produce the product that you want, okay? Because you never know what kinds of things are going to come up. Where, Whereas you thought you were super clear on, you know, I needed this type of shoelace on this shoe that I'm producing, and they got it completely wrong. Or the sole of the shoe was like falling off because they really didn't attach it in a high quality way. Or whatever the case is, you have got to order a sample first. Never, ever, ever, ever put down like a thousands and thousands of dollar deposit on your order before you have first ordered samples, have those samples in your hand, take a look at them and see, you know, are there any tweaks that need to be made? And if you need to order another round of samples, do that. Do that first to ensure that the end result is going to be just what what you want, okay? 
So I know for me, I started out ordering four samples. So there were four different planner covers that I wanted to use. And so I ordered four samples where, you know, the inside of the planner was exactly the same, but I wanted to see what the covers looked like up close and impersonal in real life, you know, were the colors what I was envisioning, all of that. And so I think I paid about $500 to get those samples produced because, you know, think about it from the factory standpoint. They don't want somebody that's just going to plunk down $5 for four units and be like, thanks for the planner and run. You know, they need to know that you're serious about this. And, you know, they had to work with me and my designers quite a bit to make sure our our design files were sized correctly, had the right amount of bleed at the edge, that the tabs, uh, tab dividers were formatted correctly. So there was a lot of that back and forth as well that required work from the factory. So again, I had to plunk down $500 just to say this is like serious money and I know it's taking you time already to work with me. And that also included the shipping. So the factory was able to uh, ship the four units really quickly because when it's such a small quantity, they don't have to go through customs and all this other crazy stuff. They're able to just ship that product directly to me. And so I got my samples within a week of plunking down my $500 and placing that order. From there, there were a few tweaks that needed to be made, a few corrections to the file that my designer needed to make. And also I realized that two of the covers I loved and two I didn't. And so my graphic designer friend and I went back to the drawing board and came up with some new covers that we wanted to try. So then I went back and ordered another round, four more samples, plunked down another 500 bucks, and we were in business. So with that too, with the second round, I also, I knew I wanted a, a gift box for the planner and a little card that would go inside each box. And so again, worked with uh, my designer and the factory to make sure that would happen and to see an actual sample of the gift box and the packaging and how everything was going to look. Now from there, once I had my samples and I picked my favorite four and everything was looking good, I felt confident that the factory could produce what I wanted, then I set about creating a Kickstarter campaign because I knew I wanted to take pre-sales on this planner. Again, I did not want to order a thousand units and just cross my fingers that this was a product that people wanted, especially because it was quite a bit different from the Brilliant Business Planner and I'd only sold 300 units of that planner during the last planner season. So to me, you know, it felt like a big risk. Here's what I will say though. I was not a huge fan of Kickstarter or running a Kickstarter campaign. I found the whole thing a little bit irritating and exhausting and more expensive than I expected because you need like your video and all sorts of things. And there's just a lot that's outside of your control when you're on Kickstarter versus when you're on your own website. So if I would ever take pre-sales on a product again, I would literally just put the product in my own shop, my Shopify store, and say, you know, this item is available for pre-sale, you know, here's the expected shipping date, and go from there versus doing an entire Kickstarter campaign. So that's my thoughts on that because I think, again, it's really easy, even though you're thinking to yourself like, oh, I'm being a smart business owner, I'm taking pre-sales before I go and order this product in mass quantities from the factory. 
Well, yes and no. You can easily spend 10 grand just getting your Kickstarter campaign off the ground. You know, hiring your photographer and your videographer and someone to help you with graphics. And maybe if you're going to run Facebook ads or something like that. So again, I I would rather see more people do the minimum viable pre-order process, which would be Set up your little online store. You're going to need the online store anyways to sell the product once you have it. Set up your product listing. Yes, you can still hire a photographer for an hour or two to help you get those first product photos. And just make it really clear on the product listing that, hey, this is for pre-sale and, you know, here's the expected delivery date. Okay, so let's talk delivery dates. That's another thing that you'll need to be aware of. It's going to take a while for the factory to produce your product and, and for it to get shipped to you and clear customs and all of that. So my recommendation if you're using any factory outside of the U.S. would be to give yourself three months from the time you order the product to the time you expect it to either be in your hands for you to fulfill orders or to be in the hands of your fulfillment center. So in my case, I was pretty lucky and was able to get, I I ordered like the 1600 units of the Brilliant Life Planner in mid-October and was able to get those to my house by mid-December. So it was a two-month turnaround, but there were a few things that really worked in my favor that wouldn't necessarily work in my favor every time. And so again, I would give yourself a three-month margin for sure. And also you need to communicate with your factory. So the factory told me, hey, we need a 50% deposit up front on this order. You know, so obviously they can buy their materials, pay their employees, all that. And then the other 50 percent deposit was when they were done producing the order and it was getting sent off on the boat to to float over here to the U.S. And so they had told me for the 1,600 units I wanted and all the details I needed that it would take them about a month to produce the product and it would be another good month for shipping for it to get here, clear customs and all that. And again, I was lucky that it did fit that two month time frame, but in the future, I would definitely give myself another extra month of margin just to make sure that I am under promising to my customers and over delivering. Cause of course they're going to be thrilled if uh, the product comes in sooner than you expected. Now, before I get into shipping and customs, which is a whole nother beast to tackle, and yes, that was a huge learning experience for me, I did want to point out one other thing. If you're having trouble finding a factory that you feel like can produce the product that you want, um, whether it's that all the factories you're seeing on Alibaba are just producing something that's so different or it's lower quality than what you're looking for, I want to give you a little pointer. You can actually look up import and export records from other companies in the United States. Like those are public records. And so if there's another company out there, for example, who also produces a really high quality leather shoe, and of course your shoe is going to be different, right? We are not in the business of knocking off anybody else. That's total crap. So I I really hope that I'm giving this advice to people who are just going to use it to improve a product and fill a void in the marketplace. But 
All that to say, if you find another company and you're going, you know what, their shoes are, you know, somewhat similar. They're really high quality. They're using the same materials that I want to use in my shoes. So I bet that their factory would be able to work with me on my specific shoe designs. So all you need to do is really Google import records for whatever company you're interested in. Now keep in mind that the company name, their official name might be different than kind of their show name. So, you know, they may, the name of their corporation or their LLC could be a way more general name. So you may need to figure that out first. Oftentimes though, even when you just look at the product, if you have it in your hand and you see what's on the box or what's on the product itself in terms of branding, it might have the larger name of the corporation on it. But it literally, again, it's a matter of Googling. Um, There's a really cool website called importgenius.com. And what they'll give you is bill of lading data. Okay, so every shipment that's coming in from overseas to the United States has a bill of lading for it. So, you know, I had a bill of lading for the Brilliant Life Planner. And so from there, you can actually see on the bill of lading who is the factory that sent this shipment to this company. Now, Import Genius does cost some money, so you may want to use some other sources on Google first, but if you can't find what you're looking for, again, they could be a great resource for you. So it's like they have uh, different plans, one country for $99 a month, three countries for $199 a month, or all countries for $6.99 a month. But again, you can find out some general stuff. So for example, I typed in import records for Tom's shoes. You know, I just picked a random company and they're showing me a sample bill of lading where it says, okay, the manufacturer slash shipper is Tom's shoes. It's getting shipped from them to this Children International in Ecuador. So this isn't actually what I'm looking for. This is when Tom's Shoes is shipping, you know, because they work with children's charities all over the world. So this is actually just showing a record for them shipping shoes from the U.S. to their charity. So not quite what I'm looking for. But uh, again, it's for a lot of uh, products, it's a safe bet to guess that they are using China to produce their products. So you could go with that one country plan and select China and go from there and see what you can figure out. There's another website that's pretty good called Trade Atlas. So tradeatlas.com and they have bill of lading records for different companies. So I'm able to see right on Trade Atlas without paying for a plan. For example, I can see all sorts of little bill of ladings for different shipments. And the exporter listed is Xiamen Feng Yu Logistic Company Limited. Okay, so I can go and look them up and see what they do. So again, that would be my next step. I'd want to take that company and copy and paste the name and put that into Google and see what comes up. Now, I'm going to be honest, that sounds more like they're using a middleman than the factory itself. So like the name of that sounds like it's just an import-export company and not necessarily the company producing the shoes themselves. But as I scroll down, I can see, for example, a shipment from September 2011. It says, okay, footwear is what's in this shipment. 
made in China. And then the exporter there says wonderful choice limited. So again, I'm just going to type them into Google and see, okay, what is wonderful choice limited all about? What can I find out about this company? And so what comes up for me first is Bloomberg.com, private company information on Wonderful Choice Limited. So I'm going to just click on that and see what they tell me. And to be honest, I'm not seeing a lot. They've got some sort of like they're registered in the British Virgin Islands, (laughs) which is interesting, (laughs) even though they are exporting products from China. So, yeah, it looks like this could be, you know, some sort of a shell type of company that has other manufacturers underneath it. So we need to keep looking, right? So, again, I'm just I'm just kind of going through this process to show you that it's going to take some detective work, okay? So unless you're able to find the exact factory you need via Alibaba, which I thankfully was. So I found a printing company right on Alibaba. If you have to go this route and kind of see what factories another company is using, you're going to have to do some detective work, but it's going to be worth it in the end. So use Google, use that brilliant brain of yours and do the detective work and see what you can come up with, okay? So after you've got your samples, everything is looking great. You've taken pre-sales on your products. You've got the cash that you can plunk down for your 50% deposit for your product order. The next step is shipping and then getting your products cleared by customs, okay? So any big shipment, again, coming to the U.S. from another country has to get cleared by customs and... I'm going to be honest with you, I still get very confused by what all that involves. But what you'll get from the factory is you'll get a bill of lading and you'll get some other information from them. And then what you'll need to do is find yourself a customs broker. Okay. So again, how did I find a customs broker? Well, I Googled it. (laughs) So I just Googled customs broker in San Diego, customs broker in Los Angeles. I was able to see, you know, for my bill of lading that it was initially arriving in Los Angeles, but then they were going to bring it down to the port of San Diego for me to accept the order there. So I searched and actually the first couple of results that came up for a customs broker in San Diego, I just picked up the phone and called them. And that's another thing I'll recommend. I mean, obviously when it comes to working with factories overseas, you're probably not going to pick up the phone and call them very much. But when it comes to dealing with your customs brokers, your freight forwarders, all of the companies you might use in the US, once your shipment arrives, just pick up the phone and call them because a lot of these companies are very, very unresponsive to email. And so, yeah, you need to just pick up the phone. So, called the first company and they said, actually, we don't do that. Try this company. So I said, okay. So I called them up and same thing, try this company. So then I called them and ta-da, I finally found a company who, yes, they had a great customs broker. I was able to talk to a fabulous lady named Teresa and tell her, you know, hey, here's my shipment. Here's all the info I have. Can you help me clear customs? And can you help me find a freight forwarder who can pick up all of these units for me and then deliver them to my house. So that's what the freight forwarder does is they, all, all of your products are going to end up in some sort of warehouse once they get off the boat. And then the freight forwarder, after, 
after your products clear customs and they have all that paperwork, can go grab them, load them on their truck, and either drive them to your house if you're going to fulfill orders or drive them to your fulfillment center, okay? So those are the two big things you need, customs broker and a freight forwarder. And you need to make sure you have all the papers from the factory, like the bill of lading, in order to get that process started. But the thing is, you know, if your factory for some reason doesn't give you all the information, as soon as you find a great customs broker, they're gonna know exactly what they need. So they're gonna come back to you and say, hey, here's this other piece of paper I need from your factory, or here's this other bit of information I need. So you're gonna go great, and hopefully you found a factory that's really responsive. It's gonna get back to you right away, and so you'll come back to them and say, I need this extra bit of info, and they'll send it right over. So really not a big deal. So for me, my customs broker, I mean, she filled out all the paperwork for me. There was one Excel spreadsheet that I had to fill out myself, and it was like a matter of, okay, what's the vessel name? So like, what was the ship name? What was the vessel number? What date did it leave the port? All this kind of stuff. And I was able to get all of that just from the paperwork my factory had sent me. And so I filled out this spreadsheet, sent it on to the customs broker, and she helped me clear customs. Now, In my case, I definitely waited too long to do this. (laughs) So I got really, really lucky, but you really should have your customs broker lined up before your products ever leave port in that foreign country where they're being produced, okay? So in my case, my planners had left port and it took me like another week or so to find the right person to be my customs broker. And at that point, she's going, oh boy, oh boy, we should have like had all this submitted and cleared customs before your stuff even left the port. This is gonna be interesting, but she was able to clear it and make it work and it was great. The other thing too is, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, if your products are waiting to clear customs, they're just going to be sitting at a port somewhere while you get your act together and get all your paperwork in. But it's not necessarily the end of the world. I guess it depends on how they're being stored while they're waiting to clear customs. Now, from that point, once the ship docks, my factory already had a company they worked with that would take their products off the boat and put them in a warehouse, okay? So I didn't have any control over that step. I had to just wait for the boat to be unloaded. And then I was able to call this company that, again, my factory had given me the info on and say, hey, you guys, here's my order. Here's like my bill of lading number, all of this crazy stuff. And they could tell me the status of my order. And so ultimately was able to figure out, okay, so they did get unloaded off the boat, which by the way, expect that to take at least a week between when the ship docks and when everything gets off the boat. And then they were able to tell me, okay, so right now uh, your shipment is at this particular warehouse and we need the paperwork that says that it's cleared customs and then your freight forwarder can come and get them. So Again, I didn't have to coordinate all these details myself. My customs broker at the end of the day, even though I I did call this company that, you know, unloaded the boat and tried to get info from them, my customs broker was way more versed in this. And so she essentially was just like, hey, I can call for you. Like, I can do this for you. I can arrange the freight forwarder for you. I've done this, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of times. Not a big deal. And she definitely was able to get more results <laughs> and get things moving faster than I was, which was great. 
And so I'm trying to think of the overall cost. So customs broker plus freight forwarder ended up, I mean, it was less than $2,000 for both of those things. So so keep that in mind. You know, you obviously need to add that into your cost per unit. And then Chris and I ended up renting our own truck and not waiting for the freight forwarder to deliver the product all the way to our house because it was a weekend and we weren't going to get the planners till Monday and we really wanted to start shipping over the weekend. So we got in touch with the freight forwarder and they said, yes, like we got them from the warehouse in LA. They're now sitting in our warehouse in San Diego. And we said, can we come get them today? Yes, if you can get a truck with this specifications, yes, you can. So then we called all these rental truck companies and got one and it worked out. But again, had we just given ourselves an extra month margin from when we ordered the product to when we were ready to fulfill orders to our customers, we would have been fine. We wouldn't have had to mess around with all of that. But Just to recap, essentially, find yourself a really good customs broker who has lots of experience dealing with whatever port where your products are going to dock in the United States, and they should be able to help you with all of this, okay? So you you do not have to figure this out on your own. You shouldn't be stuck at some warehouse in Compton saying, let my products out. (laughs) So you can absolutely have somebody on your team, on your side, who can help Help you with that part of the process. Now, oh, in terms of fulfilling your orders, so we fulfilled them ourselves, but we will be using a fulfillment center this next year. How do we find a fulfillment center? Well, again, we just Google it, okay? <laughs> so we're Googling and looking for different fulfillment centers, and then we're calling them up and saying, okay, here's how many units we think we're going to have. Here's the sp- specifications, you know, here's how much they each weigh, the measurements for each, here's what we need from you guys, what's going to be the cost for you to fulfill these orders, what's the cost for you to store these products while you're fulfilling the orders, and so we're just going to compare stats from all these different fulfillment centers, not to mention, you know, when you call a company, you get such a better sense for, you know, how professional are they, how good are they at communicating, how organized do they seem, so do the work, pick up the phone, (laughs) And give these companies a call and you'll get a way better sense for who you really want to work with on your products. And, you know, to be honest, that is pretty much it. When it comes to designing and manufacturing a physical product, uh, the main things I would keep in mind is, one, find yourself an awesome designer you can work with who's versed with, at least if you're doing a planner, they need to be versed with Illustrator and InDesign. If you're creating a different type of physical product, they need to have CAD experience Make sure you're responsive and give fast feedback to that designer. When you go to find a factory, make sure you order samples first so that you know they can produce what you want them to produce. Another quick factory tip, because I've had ladies come to me and say, Bethann, I'm using the same factory you're using in China, and I cannot understand this, my point person who's communicating with me. It's been so difficult. And so I will tell them, oh, ask for Beta. <laughs> so Beta is my point person at Jingguan Printing. And by the way, I'll just be honest and say this. We may not use Jinguan next year. We may be working with a different factory. But Beta was amazing. And so I just tell them, okay, well then just ask for Beta. So again, it's your 
it's your choice. If you find that the person you're working with is not easy to communicate with, ask if there is somebody else at the factory who could handle your project, okay? Because again, you don't want to be dealing with that language barrier on top of everything else if you can help it. You'll need to find yourself a customs broker. So find that customs broker for whatever is the largest port near you. So some examples would be, and again, just ask your factory. Say, hey, this is the the final address for where I want my products to go. Again, either your house or the fulfillment center. And they'll tell you, yeah, we'll ship it to this port. So that you can start finding that customs broker before your product ever leaves the port in that other country. And again, pick up the phone do the work, use Google, be a detective, take a lot of deep breaths and tell yourself, I can do this. I can figure this out. I can ask another person. I can call another company. There is always somebody else out there who might have the missing link here that can help you keep your project moving forward really well. And then also when it comes to producing your product, I would start with either a minimum viable product. So you may want to work with a US company first, get your first tiny run of products out the door, or you want to take pre-sales. Because again, I just don't think that it's a good business move to plunk down 10 grand on a thousand units if you have no idea whether they're going to sell or not. So keep those things in mind and you can totally do this. You can design and manufacture your own product and have a fabulous little business up and running. So I'm curious to hear from you. What are you planning on designing and producing this year? Shoot me an email and let me know brilliantbusinessmoms at gmail.com. And if you still have questions, if there are things you feel like wait a second, what about this? Or I'm, I feel like I'm missing something here. Again, feel free to shoot me an email and my team and I will try to answer those questions for you as best we can. And if I get loads and loads of questions on this, then maybe I'll have to do a follow-up and make sure I cover everything you guys need. But I mean, really, that's the basics, the basic steps that you'll need to go through. And you can totally do this. And I cannot wait to see what fabulous products you produce this next year. And of course, now it's your turn to head out there and be brilliant. 